Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. I'm Adam Hawkins, and I'm here with my co-host, the wonderful Taryn Mays. Hi, Taryn. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, today we have a wonderful conversation with Bob and Brenda Peitzman. They are members of Citizens, which is my favorite fact about them. But they are part of a ministry called Legacy Coalition. And Legacy Coalition is a ministry that helps grandparents understand the unique spiritual role they get to play in the lives of their grandkids. Taryn, you and I got to have a conversation with them a couple months ago or maybe a month ago, and I think when they left, we were both just had tears in we our did. eyes, and we were so excited, and I was like... And you did, too. And you did, too. That was, was so compelling. And I was like, we've got to talk about this beautiful thing in a way that as many people as possible can hear about it, because not only is it compelling for grandparents, but I think it's like kind of healing for everybody no, to hear it this. No, it is. Absolutely. It's a biblical vision for what grandparenting can be. And it is, um, it is beautiful. And what is, what actually is, is true is that you are so special to us mm-hmm. and to our church and uh, just your lives and your ministry. And uh, we love you. And so we are just honored that you would be here with us today. Thank you for taking the time. Truly. Well, thank you, Taryn. We love you yeah. too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, oh, I'm. No, go ahead. We're going to jump all over each other. Exactly. I was going to ask, would you guys just say a couple things about yourselves yes, just yeah. to kind of orient people to who you might be, who you are? Yeah. Might well, be <laughs> who you are. Who, who we can are do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brenda and I have been married 44 years. Wow. 45. Is that right? 45. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, hey, that's go. right. We're both from Iowa and we uh, have three children. We have two daughters that are in Dallas and we have a son uh, who is in Tennessee and they now all have their children. And uh, when we moved uh, from Des Moines, Iowa, it was really because we wanted to be a part of our kids' life Mm. in Dallas and our grandchildren's lives. And when we made that move, we talked about all the fun things we want to do do with our grandchildren, which Mm. included sugaring them up (laughs) and sending them home (laughs) and entertaining them. And we never recall having a conversation about being a part of their lives spiritually. Interesting. And it has been through the ministry of Legacy Coalition Mm. that has given us a mindset, change of Mm. mindset to do that, to be intentional Christian grandparents rather than just Christian grandparents. Mm. And there's a difference. Yeah. And so that's uh, a little bit about our move and why we're here. That's awesome. Well, yeah, let's do this then. I'd love to just maybe jump in and and say a little bit more about that. So how did you guys first encounter that? Did you have grandkids and then as you were sort of stumbling your way forward or maybe just excited about, oh, I get to, as you said, sugar them up, and then you ran into the ministry? Was it more, did you feel a lack? Did you feel like maybe there was something missing in the relationship? How did you how did you find Legacy, and how did that happen? I don't think we thought we were missing anything. Okay. We were just here for the fun, yeah. and our grandkids, our daughter was the first, our oldest daughter had the first grandchildren, and they were just a newborn, one and a half, and three and a half when we moved to the Dallas area. So 
Uh, we got to support them and spend time with them, and it was just pure joy. So we didn't really feel we were missing anything. Of course, they were little at that time. Mm. And then um, Legacy Coalition had its first national conference, or summit as they call it, at uh, Stonebriar Church okay. here in Frisco. And so we attended that. I knew one of the people who were part of that ministry, which started in 2016, and then this was fall of 16. And we said, she reached out and said, I know you guys live in Frisco. Would you be willing to help out and volunteer? And I said, oh, absolutely. What can we do? And so we had things shipped to our home, and we were kind of the (laughs) boots on the ground here, so to speak, (laughs) because the rest of the team was spread out all over the country, everywhere from California to Maryland. Wow. And um, so that was our first exposure to Christian grandparenting, and it was just an awakening. Mm. We had no idea that the Bible really commands us not only to teach our children, Mm. we did our best at that, at bringing (laughs) our kids up in a Christian home, but the verse from Deuteronomy says, says, teach your children and your grandchildren, Mm. the things of God. And so that was just like, whoa, we we need to be doing that. We Mm. need to be intentional about taking every opportunity that we see to help our support our kids in what they're doing that way, because they're doing a great job. But it's also, we're second only to parents in how we can influence our kids with the gospel. That's so good. It is uh, it is so compelling, too, to just see the biblical vision kind of put forward. Can y'all talk to us a little bit, maybe more about that, build that out, or even talk to us uh, specifically about what does that look like? I mean, even in your own family's lives, you know, so what does it look like for it to play itself out in families? It's a good question, Darren. I think um, it's just being aware that whenever there's an opportunity, take it. Mm. To talk about Jesus. Mm. Uh, you know, the Bible, Deuteronomy 4 9 says, Be careful and watch yourselves close so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. And that just tells me a little bit in that verse mm. experiences with Christ. Um, his faithfulness, mm. his goodness, and what we have experienced as Christians, uh, and to hold that in our heart and our heads and not lose that. And then the next verse is that sums it up teach them mm. to your children. Now, here's a big word three, letter, three letters, and, mm. and their children. Mm. So, when I read that, those two verses, I look at that and I say, this verse is not a suggestion. Mm. It's a command. Mm. And we need to live this. Yeah. Because uh, I just think being intentional spiritually is just taking those little opportunities to tell a God story, mm. you know, um, or to um, ask questions, spiritual questions, to be intentional. Other, something other than praying before a meal mm. or praying at bedtime if we have overnights. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with either one of those things. Those are important things. Sure. And I, I don't want to diminish that. But there's other opportunities than that. And um, the other night, I'll just share a story. We had um, three girls, 
our oldest daughter's girls overnight and uh, Saturday night. And, you know, they kind of pile in a big bed and um, before we and we do some devotion time. And then we they always say this. Tell us a story. <laughs> Just tell us a story. And, you know... Um, when you, you were young or your or their parents were young. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and we're sort of out of stories. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but we had not told them a little miracle story, and I won't go into depth, but uh, on a Christmas Eve in the coldest night I remember ever in Iowa, it was temperatures of 25 to 30 below zero wow. with a wind chill of 75 to 90 miles, or miles, uh, 75 to 90 below nope. zero. Can you imagine? You can, we can't imagine that in Texas. No. Iowa Texas. is the Arctic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's the coldest that we ever remember. And mm-hmm. long story short, we left uh, Brenda's parents' house. We lived seven miles away, and her mother begged us, don't do not do this. Mm-hmm. Stay the night. And I said, no, no, we can do this. <laughs> we got halfway home, and a diesel car that we had completely stopped, and they gel up. Mm-hmm. And they're... Um, there was nothing. And in about two minutes, we heard the girls, our daughters in the back, they were about four and two, saying, Dad, it's getting cold in here. Mm-hmm. And I thought, we're going to be a statistic in tomorrow's paper as a family that literally died. Mm. And um, so we prayed. And the car started. Mm. And uh, we made it to a house, the only house on that strip of some people that went to our church. Wow. Yeah. And, of course, they said, get in here. It's warm in here. And we thinned it out and with a thinning. You thin the gas, and he had just enough. And he, this is the days before cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he said, I'll give you 10 minutes to get home. If I don't hear from you from your landline, I'm coming looking for you. So mm. we, we did make it home. And it's a, it's one of those stories that is it's a miracle story. Right. And... I think that those are great stories to pass on to our children and our grandchildren. Right. And we did. And we watched these girls in bed as we told this story on how God provided the miracle. This should have never happened. Mm. And their eyes became as big as... Saucers. Saucers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's one thing that we want to do is pass on the stories pass on our testimonies on how God changed our lives. I, and I like love that. that for a lot of reasons. One is just to say, and I think maybe this is where we can get into the difference a little bit, because I think what you said is there's a difference between being Christ, being grandparents who are Christian mm-hmm. or being Christian grandparents, and there's this intentionality mm-hmm. and a lot of, of else there. But in that story, it's like you had a choice to maybe make up a fun story, you know, mm-hmm. you know, tell a, a, and I do that. Mm-hmm. My kids to ask dad, please. And it's manipulation and all the things that we know. <laughs> I did. But dad, please tell me one more story. And I'm like, yeah, one time when I was a kid, <laughs> just, they always want it to be a true story. And I got into this fun rhythm of telling these fake stories that, and at the end, like tricked them. And they're like, was that real? Was that real? And I'm like, no, that one, you have to guess, you know, and that's fun. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a lack of vision about what you're able to do in that. So what I hear you say is like a Christian grandparent, maybe it's or a grandparent who's a Christian, maybe it's not that you're like doing anything wrong necessarily. It's just that you're failing to see the opportunity and of the weight 
your voice and the stories of God's faithfulness in your life, what mm-hmm. those carry. And I love the idea of legacy. I love the idea of purpose and meaning. And I think maybe we could talk about this a little bit, but uh, and maybe you guys recognize it, but as a show that talks about culture, I think there's just a sense of for the older generation that they're unimportant, that their stories are unimportant. You know, if you think about technology, I, I'll never forget, um, oh, what's his name? Steve Jobs, after he got cancer, kind of saying, well, hey, like, in, in this, and I'm going to paraphrase because I'll, I'll ruin it, but basically like, hey, we're supposed to just kind of refresh. It's good for the old to kind of die off. Like, this was his vision for death. Like, it's good that I'm going to die because we need to kind of do a reboot and like let let the next generation come in and take everything over. And I thought, man, what a shallow vision of knowledge mm-hmm. and of life experience and wisdom and God's faithfulness, if it's a Christian vision. And it's like, are we supposed to just sort of let all that fall away? There is so much to offer as a grandparent who's lived a life of the of, and seen the faithfulness of God. Maybe talk a little bit more about, is, is that the difference? Am I highlighting that correctly? Would you say a little bit more about that? Or You know, Legacy or somebody has done some research on the first-time grandparent being 47 years old. Wow. And so it's really not a senior ministry. Right, right. You know, so mm-hmm. nothing wrong with seniors. And a lot of people that are involved with Legacy Coalition are in their 70s or beyond. And it's like, but being that it's a 47-year-old first-time grandparent, Yes, mm-hmm. that's when they need this message. That's when they need this teaching. That's good. And it's really a boomer or Gen X ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so our goal is to reach the first-time grandparent that are beginning their journey mm-hmm. rather than after their grandkids are grown. But there's an estimated 30 million Christian grandparents just mm. in the U.S. Mm. And so we figure with that, if they each have an average number of four grandchildren, we, for example, have eight, uh, that translates into 120 million children. Wow. So it's a children's ministry. Well, I just even listening to you guys, yeah. it's like this is, you know, even even to the things that you were saying, it's like this is is this is discipleship yeah. 101. Yeah. This yeah. is Absolutely. we are as believers called to be making disciples and the root of that is to teach. Right. And so the right. passage from Deuteronomy it is you are to teach and what are you to teach? The things of God. Right. Like we're they were talking to the Israelites. They're yeah. saying, "Hey, you have to remember these stories. Right. Remember this right. biblical what, look at what God has done. Look right, at these miracles right. that God has performed mm-hmm. to see the character and nature of God, right. which is just, it is, it's so compelling and beautiful, but also narrow, I, I feel like helps narrow the vision mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. in so many ways, right, you know, right. it could be so many things, but it's like, no, 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 it's this. Mm-hmm. It is, we're going mm-hmm. back into the biblical narrative right. to help our, our children and mm-hmm. our children's children understand mm-hmm. the things of God. Yeah. And like you said, in the, with the Israelites and that throughout the Old Testament, it was about the generations. And we live in a culture, like you said, Adam, that has kind of belittled the oldest generation. Mm -hmm. You're done. You've done your thing. You've done, you've had your time. And now it's our turn. And, you know, we find there's four different types of Christian grandparents. There is the cultural, which are the doting, supportive, They've never really thought about their spiritual influence. Like Bob said, we were. Yeah. We really were that cultural grandparent. Then there's the unequipped. They just don't know where to start. Mm. They just don't even, 
They don't know what to take as the first step in how they would impact their grandkids. And then there's the blocked. And that's the saddest story. Mm -hmm. And we hear this over and over and over. Almost every family probably has one blocked relationship Mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Geographical, spiritual, or relational. Relational, of course, and spiritual are the most difficult where those parents don't even want the grandparents to right. talk about Jesus. That's what is a blocked grandparent. And then, of course, there's the biblical Christian grandparent who takes advantage of every opportunity mm. they have with those grandkids. Mm. That's beautiful. Maybe talk a little bit about that for a second, because I think, in, and I was, I, Taryn and I talked about this, but it's like, um, let's take even the good relationship, all right? Good relationship of, uh, you know, I, you know, your kids, they have a good relationship with you, but there are things they're trying to do and you can get in the way of each other a little bit, or there's generational differences of like mom and dad, you know, I love your church, but your church kind of talks about it this way. And we kind of talk about it this way. And maybe, you know, in some examples, it's like, oh, that's a really hard family conversation to have. But in the best of examples, maybe it's just difference of language. And we're trying to do this thing at church, whatever. How do you navigate, like what role, because I think, would you say you're not the primary mm-hmm. disciple maker? I feel like you have to have a clear vision of how you're going to come behind your kids, maybe, and help them disciple. Maybe um, speak to that a little bit. Well, that's a great question, Adam. And yeah. um, we think, and we've learned a lot through this ministry, <laughs> so we don't have all the answers. Right, right. We have learned a lot. And still are learning. And we're still learning. It's a process. But... That being said, we know for us that we don't um, we don't give advice to our children. Mm. We don't give unless our we're asked. unless yeah. we're asked. <laughs> we don't give our opinions. We we don't do that <laughs> because we we think that the best thing that we can do is probably encourage mm. our children. I think it's one of the single best things we can do for our children is to encourage them and pray for them and pray for them. Yeah, and um, and. Have, so to speak, permission to be able to speak into their children. We have that from our three children. And as Brenda expressed, the heartache mm. are the blocked. Mm-hmm. Those that say, you mentioned God one time, right. and you'll never see your grandchild again. We've heard that. That's yeah. heartbreaking. And there are ways to introduce God even with that. Mm. It, and um, sometimes the unspoken in, in ways to introduce God. So, um, will you tell us a little bit about that? I'm thinking for the maybe the listener who is that's their circumstance. And so, or um, yeah, that is their circumstance. Could you tell us about what, what encouragement you would offer a grandparent who might be blocked? I would say probably the best thing is to just pray mm. that God would reach down and change the heart of that adult child that is blocking you from that and he can and he will and mm. he you know we heard a story just the other night of a man this was on grand monday night which is a webinar every week that legacy coalition has mm. it's a free webinar and it's just it's awesome they have different speakers but this particular man from california had not seen his son for 7 years mm. or the son's children and it was a conflict they had had and he just was banned. I mean, they had just decided they, they aren't going to see each other. I mean, it was mostly coming from the son. 
But in that process, he said he just kept praying and praying that God would soften this adult son's heart, and he did. And so, but it also took the first step of the grandfather, of the father of this son, who called to offer grace Mm. to this son Mm. and say, you know, I'm just calling to apologize. Could we get together? Mm. I don't have a super big agenda, but I just want to rebuild our relationship. They got together for lunch. The guy apologized to his son, and the son just broke down Mm. in tears and said, no, Dad, I'm the one who was wrong. Mm. And it was just a beautiful, prodigal um, Mm. son idea or story. And so they're just back to restarting, rebuilding. So it's never too late. It's Mm. never impossible, even in the hardest of situations. But it's that undergirding of prayer, and it's the offering of grace Mm. to our adult children that's so important. Yeah, we've heard stories of grandma who has spiritual um, items on the wall, you know, like a scripture verse or something, where the grandchild, and they're blocked, We'll call it the blocked again, and the grandchild, uh, they're not to talk to the grandchild about spiritual things because the parents said not to do that. And then the grandchild asks, what is this verse? Mm. Mm. And grandma explains the verse to the child, not to defy what the parents wanted, but answering the question, just merely answering the question. And Mm. so God can use that. Yeah. And so... uh, God can use anything. Mm. And just knowing that he is in the miracle business all the time. Amen. And changes hearts and changes lives, gives us all hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, could y'all tell us a little bit? I just want to know more about Legacy Coalition and, you know, how they specifically come alongside churches to equip them and to encourage grandparents. Just tell us a little bit about the ministry. Yes. Well, that's where we've become very multifaceted in Our mission, our main mission is to equip and encourage grandparents to pass their faith down, to perpetuate it to the future generations. So we talk about watch one, which Bob read in that verse, teach two, think four, which means we are to think about our grandchildren's grandchildren and how what we're doing with our grandchildren would impact generations to come, not just the two that we see alive today, but those great-grandchildren and even the great-great-grandchildren, and then bless all. So that's our that's our mission. That's our, our premise, is to e- encourage grandparents. So we equip them with resources, events, newsletters, blogs, um, all kinds of tools that will help them to become more intentional about passing their faith down. We'll put the like links in the show notes and stuff for the listener, but maybe really quickly, is it just go to the website, Google it? What's the best way to kind of engage Legacy Coalition? I would say just go to LegacyCoalition.com okay. and you'll see all kinds of tabs and awesome. things to get into, yeah. everything from the resources to events to the upcoming summit that will be live streamed all across the U.S. Awesome. The main event will be in Jacksonville, Florida. but. Cool. Um, I believe there's even a church here in the Frisco area that's going to host the oh, live cool. stream, and that'll be October 20th and 21st, that's I believe. Amazing. So, yeah, 
You know, we've talked about the national conferences and what yeah. an impact they are. And after the first one uh, at Stonebriar Church, Chuck Swindoll was behind this, and, and they would bring in large, uh, big-name uh, speakers, sure. national speakers. And from that first conference, people said, can't we bring something into the local church? Right. And from that, Larry Fowler, who was with Awanas for 30 Five years, I sure, think. And sure. yeah, just a lot of godly wisdom with Larry Fowler. Yeah. Uh, put together a curriculum for grandparenting matters. Mm. And from that, a DVD, now a revised DVD, has been put together. It's excellent. Yeah. There, and there are six sessions. And that's the meat and potatoes, I think, of, of the practical thing, application, yeah. things that we have learned through this. And I'll just tell you, after the first national conference and then went going to the second, I made the remark, you know, I've heard Tony Evans and I've heard Chuck and I've heard Josh McDowell and these wonderful speakers. What am I going to learn? Going to St. Louis, I think, was the first one with Larry Fowler speaking to a group of about 75 uh, people. And my comment was, what in the world do you think I'm going to learn <laughs> in the basement of a small Baptist church with about 75 people <laughs> present? And how wrong and how judgmental I was, yeah. you know, uh, because I learned so much mm. in that. It's just this... this uh, Grandparenting Matters is just loaded with mm. solid, practical, biblical information, tips and ideas of things to do with your grandchildren. Mm. And uh, it's just loaded, and we've learned a lot. And there's different yeah. ways to kind of, you know, as we've talked even here about what some things we might do, there's different ways of kind of implementing. You can buy that on your own, and it can be you mm -hmm. that go, right. go through it. You mm -hmm. could do it as like a small group study. You Absolutely. could do it. There's different ways to utilize the Grandparenting Matters curriculum, right? right? I think it's right. important mm -hmm. just to make a note of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we talk about this, and as you've now been involved in the ministry and you've kind of seen it work, um, I do want to. I, I want to ask about one anecdote because I just think it's so great. But before I ask that, it's like I think about our church and specifically, and what was moving to me specifically. And I know for some people, you know, from the you, you talked about a block from the from the grandparent to the kids, but in our church we have a lot of first generation Christians. We have a lot of, you know, broken relationships and different things happening. How, how, as you guys have seen this ministry play out, I know there's people listening now who are going, I wish I had mm -hmm. parents who would invest. Uh, I wish I had parents who were believers who could help me. I'm desperate for help. There are grandparents who, for whatever reason, or are people of grandparenting age, et cetera, who, for whatever reason, don't have grandkids, right? Uh, and there could be many heartbreaking mm -hmm. reasons for that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, but they have a story of faithfulness and experience in raising kids or whatever to pass on, to help, you know, in uh, a desire to do so. How have you seen, maybe in a church or in other settings, how have you seen this ministry maybe have those indirect effects on yeah. the, the people I'm talking about. One of the speakers um, that we've had is a gentleman named Tony Souter, mm -hmm. and he has a ministry called Pray For Me, mm. and um, I think it's prayforme.com or .org, and he um, talks about that very thing, mm. having an intergenerational ministry in a church. Fuller Institute has done research that 
tells that so many kids walk away from their faith after they graduate from high school mm. and get into college, and yet the one ingredient that keeps kids from walking away from their faith, so to speak, is they have at least five or six consistent spiritual influencers in their life. Mm. And so what he does and suggests that a church does to make this multi-generational ministry is to have kids that are going into maybe junior high or high school choose three or four different generations, so different people that they want as champions in their life, Mm. champion prayer warriors, basically, but also mentors. And so they would pick somebody maybe in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 50s, in their 60s, maybe in their 80s, that they want to come alongside them and pray for them. And they have a, a little ceremony where they announce the different groups, and they actually take time to pray for them right then, all of those champions, those prayer warriors. And that would be one example of how to implement that and bring it into our youth program, bring it into our children's ministry. Mm, That's beautiful. We hear stories—I'm sorry, but we hear stories about uh, churches who the grandparents— they don't have any. They maybe have grandchildren in other states, but right. they don't where they live. Mm. And they adopt them in the church, mm. and they love on them, yeah. and they pray for them, and they mentor them. Mm. And, uh, you know, we heard of one church with uh, that um, integrated with, a, I think, second or third graders in the church, and it was um, an old, the senior group. And they uh, decided, they got so close to these kids, they stood at the door of the church when families were leaving and asked parents if they could bless their children. Mm. And they would put their hands on both sides of their face and they say to the child, do you know Jesus loves you? Mm. And um, Micah, you know that Jesus loves you. Yes, I do. Mm. May the Lord bless you Mm. and keep you. Make him make his face to shine upon you Mm. and be gracious to you. Do that in your church and see what happens to children's (laughs) lives. You know, it's just so powerful. And these are things that we've just heard and learned through the ministry. Mm. Well, I I just, even as you guys are explaining that specifically, it is, uh, it is the, the Bible's representation of the family of God. You know, we, we even were talking before the show, but, uh, the idea that cult, the culture around us would likely give us is one that uh, prizes and even maybe pushes away uh, to uh, prizes the nuclear family and pushes kind of the outside uh, instruction or uh, influences away and says, you know, we're just going to kind of hoard in here and we're not going to let anybody get close. But uh, what I see on display specifically through through the Bible, but also the instructions that you're given to the family of God is mm-hmm. that we are to we are to play these parts for mm-hmm. one another and. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not your biological family, mm-hmm. but as as a believer, I've been adopted into the family of God. Mm-hmm. This Amen. is this is a this is a, the spiritual display of what that actually means on the ground. And so, just thinking of that is so beautiful, you know. And I so, anyways, I'm just thinking of like the lies that culture might give us about. Um, about the family of God, or even uh, lies that we might buy into about aging 
and what that looks like, right? That you've become, uh, it's like you, you've checked all the boxes and now, I don't know, you're on a golf course doing something. And, <laughs> right, uh, you know, right. it's really, that's it. It's like I'm moving to Florida and I, that's that's all I know, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so can you guys talk to me a little bit about uh, maybe the lies that you've seen confronted through uh, a new understanding of what intentional Christian grandparenting, Christian grandparenting could be? Mm. I think we live in a very self-centered culture, yeah. all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what decade you were born right. in or right. are in now. And it's like, there's just a me, me, me generation of in each of us. And so, including grandparents, we think, okay, we've raised our kids. Now it's time for us to travel, <laughs> mm-hmm. to golf, right. to, you know, maybe see our grandkids once a month, and that's doing pretty well. And, you know, we're just all about us and our activities and our friends and our whatever that is, even church activities that can sometimes displace our own families and the influence we can have in their lives. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's just a real fine line of where do you involve yourself, where do you draw that line of being too too overbalanced too because (laughs) we Mm -hmm. need to have that balance of ministry in our churches as well as our families Mm. so there's sort of that that line to walk but so many people after they are exposed to this biblical teaching particularly in the grandparenting matters seminars that bob talked about is they said i have been an elder in this church i've been a pastor i had no idea Mm. that this was really part of the Bible. I ignored it. I passed over it. I never saw this. And that's just what we we love to see that awakening in people and their role. And as I said, it's never too late, no mm. matter how old your grandchildren are. Well, maybe as we come to a close, Bob, I'd love, because I think the, the illustration captures so beautifully just the vision for what the the ministry is and what the Bible says um, the family should look like. You talked about the this race that you got to witness. Oh, yeah. I'd love for you to tell that story. Okay, right? well, yeah. yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, two months ago, we took uh, our three granddaughters uh, to uh, camp uh, in Iowa. And camp with grandparents. Camp, and they had a grand camp. <laughs> and and uh, the, the people that run the camp, she they're on the board and are on the team. And so we knew them, and it's Graham camp for three days, and a uh, long drive up there. But Brenda and I did two breakout sessions um, at the camp for a, a group of grandparents. And we used material from what we've learned. Yeah. And one of the things was to show the group what um, passing a legacy looks like, mm. a legacy of faith. So we would call four volunteers up. And we would position them like a baseball diamond, mm-hmm. okay, first, second, third, fourth base. But we're running a race of like a track race. Right. And we literally have a baton, and we would give it to the first person and say, run this race for your legacy. Mm. And pass it to the next pass runner. Pass it to the next runner, and they would do, as we're familiar with, running um, like a relay, relay. A relay race. Yeah. yeah. And then they would come back, and they were ready to sit down, and everybody's applauding in the crew. And then we said, no, no, wait, stay up here. We're going to change this. Let's do this now 
biblically mm-hmm. as the Bible teaches how to run a relay race. Mm-hmm. More like an Olympic torch. Mm-hmm. When you watch it on TV, they run alongside. Mm-hmm. And so they're, that's how they did it. And we're screaming, hold that baton high. That's your torch. That's your banner of faith that you're passing along. And then they would run to the first person, and they'd run together to the second, and then to the third. Now we're at great-grandchildren, about third base. And then they're coming into the home stretch, finishing strong. And they were really running. That was more of a, more of a trot. <laughs> but... I think you get, it's kind of hard to explain no, 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 without seeing it, but yeah. the picture is running alongside of our children mm. and then running alongside of our grandchildren, not just stopping. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we would have done had it not been for what we've learned mm-hmm. through the ministry, we would have stopped. We, we, we would have, I know, we would have said, we raised our kids, they're doing a good job raising theirs, they're in great churches, yeah. Bible churches, and... That's not enough. Mm. And it's not what the Bible says. And it is literally running alongside mm. that uh, is the key. And being intentional. If there's any one word mm. through the ministry, it's intentionality. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming. And again, the the compelling picture you paint is a biblical picture. And it's one that like the Bible so often does, just imbues so much dignity and purpose into all of life, right? Um, There is uh, uh, so much that God would have us do uh, because of how much he's done for us. And that's not, that shouldn't be a weight. This should be something that I think even as I hear you talking about it, it makes me think, wow, um, there isn't a kind of retirement that you just sort of sit around and collect shells and kind of wait for the end. Um, there isn't uh, this next stage of life has so much purpose in it, and that's to continue to pass on this banner of faith that you talked about to run the race well beside your your children and their children. Um, how beautiful is that? And how holistic and how encouraging for younger people who maybe feel like they're parenting alone. No, you you don't have to. There's a vision where you have others around you. Uh, and then the safety that comes um, and security that comes from kiddos knowing there's not just one generation, but there's multiple generations behind. It's a beautiful vision. Uh, and it's one that, um, as Taryn said, uh, if you don't have it in your immediate family, maybe you have it in your church family. And so we can do a better job uh, as church families um, making sure that there are spiritual mothers and fathers and spiritual grandmothers and grandfathers in the church as well. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode was produced by Chris Starrett, Chelsea Conway, and Mandy Page. If you're a regular follower of the podcast, we'd love to hear from you, so message us on social. Also, check out the show notes for more information on how to best to connect with us and our guests, Legacy Coalition, and all the information they have there. See you next time.